I was a steak competition guy for years and we would do a ribeye steak and we would turn it in. And one of the things that I do is I season similarly, like I, we use soy sauce as like a marinade and that gives it that umami kind of flavor that makes it taste beefier, if that makes sense. Or, or adding coffee to chili when you're making a chili recipe, add a little, like a couple tablespoons of coffee into your recipe, it'll make it beefier. So by taking the vegetables and actually marinating them in soy sauce, wish desire sauce, and like a little vinegar you can actually create that beefy flavor kind of texture. And it's funny because I, I, I hand out carrot dogs to everybody. And it's one of the funniest recipes. Hey everybody, my name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this edition of Beyond the Pills. My name is Josh Remini, the unpharmacist. I love getting people off medications. And today we have a special, amazing guest, Dave Rolls, a.k.a. Chef Dave. And this episode is all about food is medicine, right? Food as medicine is what we teach in the functional world. And I don't think people realize how important and really what that means, right? Hippocrates said it eons ago. Yet, here we are in the pill for the ill philosophy of health, where we're moving to pills to fix us when we have something delicious and beautiful right under our nose. So welcome, Chef Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And one of the things about the U.S., and, and we're one of the richest countries in the world, and we have the most illnesses, chronic illnesses of anybody else on the planet. They got really good at making food and making it taste good. And so we overeat, we indulge, or you have countries that they have rice and beans and that's what they're eating and they don't have any cancer. They don't have any illnesses like we do. It goes back to the, the Chevy Chase movie, the Christmas movie where he does the food additive tarnish or something on the, the flake of the cereal and he gets a, an award for it. But that's not too far from the truth, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I've been teaching this to my clients, but also pharmacies nationwide is 80% of reversal of a lot of conditions can be managed with lifestyle and nutrition. And so mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about your story of like how you got in this space. And then we'll talk to people a little bit about what you do and how we make this thing easy and, and not so cumbersome. Cause you're right. We're one of the only mammals in the universe that like literally voluntarily puts things in our body that we know are bad for us. Mm -hmm. And of course we know it's dopamine. We know we got to get the hits and, and all that stuff. So we know we should eat right and exercise, but let's talk a little bit about your story. Cause I think this yeah. is really important. Absolutely. Well, when I was 40 years old, I went in for my 40,000 mile checkup and I was 265 pounds. I'm five foot 10. And they diagnosed me with the metabolic syndrome, which is the high blood pressure, cholesterol, triglycerides. Oh, you're going to put me through this high fat. It was just, it was crazy. And then they said they were going to put me on like a couple medications. Like they put me on the basic metformin. I had a cholesterol, statin, and one for my heart, like for my high blood pressure. And so 
I was scared because I had a family and I was a photographer at the time. So they told me I was going to go blind and they were probably going to lop off one of my appendages at some point, one of my toes. So and, and go eat a, a healthy diet. And that was all that was said. So I took my medicines religiously. I went to the gym. I did a couple of exercise programs. I lost a little weight. It got down to about 230, but my numbers were always high. And like a 13 or a 12 is almost like 275 glucose level every day. That's your resting, fasting glucose level. That was mine. And it was terrible. I was, I was basically on death row, as they said. So fast forward about 16 years, I'd lost some weight, I worked out, I did all that stuff. And when I went in for my regular physical, my doctor told me that they were going to put me on an insulin pump for Christmas. They're going to gift me an insulin pump for Christmas if I didn't figure it out <laughs> because my A1C was a was a 10.5, which still isn't an outlet. At this point, I'm on an Ozempic shot once a week. I'm on seven different medications. My son, who is actually in nursing school, one of his projects was to evaluate the medicines I was on and to see how they interact with each other. Well, the cholesterol medicine was making my diabetes medicine higher and my heart medicine, my high blood pressure medicine was messing with my cholesterol. And it was like, don't quote me on that, but they were all messing with each other. And over the years, all my prescriptions got higher and higher where they're all maxed out. And that was why they said, we're going to put you on an insulin pump. So my back was against the wall and I was probably about 210 at that point. So I was starting to kind of like, I didn't know what to do. So I found one of the companies here, I'm in Maryland, but we have the Holistic Health Association and they do acupuncture. They did a a fast. It was a, a elimination diet. Basically, it was a liver cleanse. And the first week we went in, you get rid of all your inflammatories, your dairy, caffeine, nuts, cheeses, and just try things. And within a week, my blood sugar started to drop on my meter. And like my at a 10.5, your resting glucose is about 225 a day. So I'd gotten it down some, but it was still up there. But I moved into the second week, which is vegan, which we get rid of all the animal proteins and you go plant strong and limit your oils. We don't do a lot of oils and like the sodium and everything goes away. And my blood pressure or my blood sugar dropped almost 100 points in two weeks. And it stayed there. I have pictures I can show you where my blood sugar went from 225 down to 125 or 115, um, 110. And then it dropped down. And so my wife and I actually stayed vegan for about eight months. And it was really cool. And it was it was a great thing to do. But it was like it dropped down. So we stayed that way. And about November, I started working with my my cardiologist, actually, because everybody else seemed to just go, okay, here's here's the new medicine we just got. Try it. Call us back in six months and let us know if it worked. And I was like, okay, like, where's the, there's nothing. So I had three doctors, three, three of my primary physicians that were just throwing medicine at me. And I, I really wasn't doing any good. Diabetes medicine, especially, is just a Band-Aid to keep you from exploding. Honestly, it's to keep you from going way up too high or having too much glucose in your blood. So by doing that, it was just, it was driving me crazy. So anyway, so I go back and I do this this detox and my wife and I stay vegan. So around um, Christmas time, when I'm working with my cardiologist, he was able to get me off um, of my medicines. I still do one for high blood pressure, but that's my own fault because I eat out every once in a while and it's very high in sodium. So what I did was, is I was able to get off of it. I did another A1C in February and it was a seven. 
So a seven is not that bad. But my doctor was like, you know what? You went from a 10 and a half to a seven in six months because you changed your diet. And it was that it was that simple. And I'm not saying everybody has to go vegan, but if you replace a couple of your processed foods or stuff that you're eating, junk food, we can get into the whole sodium thing and all the salt thing in a little bit. But that was that was basically it. So I've been able to keep off my medications through this, and it's been almost a year and a half now. My A1C is great. My sugar's great. I feel great. My insulin resistance, like it's so much better now. It's like I can I can eat a thing of ice cream and I don't immediately feel it in my toes. Like it was that bad. If I had a milkshake, like we would go out and celebrate some kid, one of my grandkids did something cool. Then we would go to Dairy Queen or wherever and we would celebrate their great thing with a, an ice cream or whatever. And I would eat that ice cream and I would immediately, my toes would start to tingle. And now that I've changed my diet and have gone more plant-based that, I don't have that issue anymore. And my insulin's been able to stay within range and it's all good. <laughs> well, there's some key points in here that I, I want to reframe because I, th- your story, I want to catch people in parts of this story that are really important because what I never really blame the traditional medical model, but your story is so much similar to my clients and my patients in my pharmacy and the people that I've helped is, all right, you're, you you went to diagnosis, like you had the trifecta. That's the, the component of pre-diabetes or what they call metabolic syndrome, right? We have high mm-hmm. cholesterol, triglycerides, high blood pressure, and a waist circumference that's out mm-hmm. of the norm. In other words, you have fat, right? And we know in the next 10 years, 50% or more of people in this country are going to be diagnosed that way. So we know it's a problem. And yes, you, you flirted with the thing Ozempic, and we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> D- remind me to, because we're going to have to. So, but what did the doctor do? He says, well, you probably should eat right and exercise, and here's a drug. Come back and see me in six months. What the normal cycle of the, the traditional medicine model is we can't bill for lifestyle and nutrition, right? Even though this shirt says food is medicine, my my pharmacy of the future is the doctor should be able to write a prescription for lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And bill for it because what happened? Yeah. You, you take the medicine. Those two things are in the background, not in the forefront of what you need to do. And all of a sudden, lifestyle doesn't change much. We don't really change our diet because we have this perception that the pill will fix us. And you nailed Mm -hmm. it on the head. You said it it keeps you from exploding. Yes. It keeps those sugars from going outside of the space where you're going to go into a coma or wherever. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, is they don't get to the root cause of the problem. Insulin resistance does not get fixed or moved in the better direction without diet and exercise and lifestyle choices. And my firm belief is almost every single chronic condition known to man is a lifestyle condition. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's, we don't suffer from metformin. <laughs> Met, like we don't suffer from a deficiency in metformin. That's why we eat right. it, right? We suffer right. from insulin resistance. And for everyone that's listening, your A1C is your 90-day marker for your blood sugar daily balance. So when you say I have a blood sugar of 200 plus, yeah, that's bad. 
But if you hold that for a long period of time, your A1C is going to go up. And yes, 10 is high. We want to get people below five, five and a half, right? Even four and a half in some places. And so you also hit the head on what are the consequences of the downstream effects of high blood sugar? And and what I really like to say insulin resistance, which causes the high blood sugar is, yeah, the peripheral nerves are going to be damaged. That's why we don't get any blood flow to those areas because sugar's damaging all that, right? So mm-hmm. you lose your eyeballs, you lose your feet, you lose your cardiovascular. It's all inflammation, right? And it's moving mm-hmm. into the wrong direction. So I wanted to pause there because what you did is literally a reset, right? It's a reset in your metabolism. It's a reset in the body shifting. Mm-hmm. You went from 200 to 125 by shifting what you eat. And what I drink. <laughs> and what you drink and what you actually, here's the other part, what you don't eat and what mm-hmm. you don't drink. So the premise of functional wellness is putting more good signals in. When we say plant-based, everyone thinks, so I have to go vegetarian. Well, you don't, but you have to be judicious on where you're at because the, the fats that are contained in the saturated proteins And yes, vegan gets quicker, like vegan and plant-based. So when we say plant-based, we just say plant-forward, right? What what was the term you said? Well, plant-strong, plant-forward. I love that. Yeah. Plant-strong, half your plate should be full of veggies because the phytonutrients, the fiber, we know all the things there. Mm -hmm. We just don't realize that word on your chest is so important because it literally is. All those phytonutrients are medicine. They're not Mm -hmm. just food. People think we eat food for energy. No, we eat food for all the protein that we build, all the hormones, all the things. Yeah. Think of you are you you are what you eat, right? Mm-hmm. If you yeah. eat plastic, you turn to plastic. So we need to make sure people really understand. No matter like the number one thing here, the number one goal, the number one thing we're talking about is you can take all the meds, all the supplements, all the things you can do, all those things. And you'll get minimal results comparable to the Mm -hmm. one thing you could do, which is whole-based, plant-based, which means lots of fruits and veggies, mostly veggies, and minimal processed foods, minimal crappy meats. I always say eat clean, right? No hormones, no antibiotics, like the things Mm -hmm. we can do. So talk to us about, you said your numbers went well. What did you feel like in this transition? Oh, well, we can't go there because I, people don't realize when biochemistry takes over, lots of things happen. Well, the funny part was, is I was a huge barbecue guy. Like I competed on the barbecue circuit. I would have brisket for breakfast. So a lot of my friends were like, so what did you give up? Did you have to give all that up? I'm like, yeah, but I just switched what I'm barbecue and I'm doing vegetables now. Like I can make you a cauliflower steak and I know that's an oxymoron, (laughs) but I can do carrots that taste like hot dogs. There's all kinds of cool things that you can do to make replace those things. But what I gave up was cramping into the middle of the night, brain fog, low energy. I couldn't sleep well. I, I would wake up every couple hours with like stress and the stress was adding to the diabetes as well. Those acids and stuff that your body's creating. So it's creating cortisol. So you're like, and that's, I have a lot of friends that take their their blood sugar readings in the morning and it's always higher than it is in the afternoon and i was like do you have sleep apnea well yeah i do snore my wife elbows me in the middle of the night i'm like well then that's 
part of your problem. But to be able to give up, like I gave up sodas, I gave up beer, but I can drink it now, but my tastes have changed. So I really don't, I enjoy a beer now and then, but it's not like it was like I was when I was a line cook, we working in a kitchen, you would go home and drink two, three, four beers a night. And that was normal because of all the stress you were under, under trying to get the meals out, get all these, you had 300, 400 plated meals a night. And if something goes wrong, it was very stressful. So for me to eliminate the alcohol was, was huge. So like the first week of the detox, that's what we did. You get rid of all that stuff, the caffeine, I went back to the caffeine part. That's kind of up in the air for me, but it is contributing to my high blood pressure. So there are different um, ways that you can go with mushroom coffees and stuff like that that I really enjoy. So I may have a cup of coffee in the morning and then I'll switch to mushroom coffee or yeah. something like that. But yeah, I gave up cramping in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, we did, a, we did a podcast on Peak Steak Coffee. It's a little whole bean mushroom infused coffee. And when you put functional, I'll send you the link. And I'll put the link in our, our, our chats, but it's functional based mushrooms infused in the coffee bean, which actually counteracts some of the physiological effects of caffeine. So people don't actually get those jitters. So okay. there's wait. Let's talk about this a little bit, because I think I can sense people when you say like cauliflower steak and carrots <laughs> that taste like mushrooms, it sounds like you're putting a square peg in the round hole, but I've been on your website and you've seen your recipes. So talk to us about your transit because what we need to do is give people avenues for success because not everyone's going to DIY it. They're not going to go out. Yes, they maybe they're influenced to say, I want to be more plant-based, but I don't know what to do. And I want to talk about this because my wife is we both grew up in Eastern European Hungarian grandmas. So there's a lot of meat in there, meat and potatoes. Yeah. Little goulash. Goulash and pierogies and all these things. <laughs> and I still I still have those as comfort foods, but I, I love to change like my challenge and I want to explore this with you because you did the same, is like, all right, instead of giving something up, we're twisting it in a way that mm-hmm. is challenging us to make it healthy. So yeah. What was your, some of the transitions that you did in this? Cause it's, I think I can sense people like, I love barbecue. I can't like, I'm just like Dave right. was, but I don't know how to get there. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about your creativity as a chef moving from here to here. Okay. So when we would have staff luncheons, they would come in like Tico's Tacos would come in or they'd have a pizza place come in. And I was always asking people putting it on. So what are the vegetarians going to eat? And they would look at me, you're going to eat salad. We brought you salad. I'm like, that's insulting. So what I did, and I, I love vegetables. I love meat, but I went to actually went to Forks Over Knives. They have an online cooking school and I wanted to know how to cook vegetables better. And if you go to their app, they're the Forks Over Knives, which is a vegan company they teach you how to cook without oils and all. No, lower your sodium. Yeah, it is a great documentary. But to like salt last, that was one of the things. Like, don't put the salt in your recipe. Put your recipe together and then taste it when you're done. Because you can add things like celery or vinegar to a dish, and it will create a saltiness that doesn't add sodium. So if that makes sense, but there's lots of little nuances that you can add to a recipe to change the flavor. I was a steak competition guy for years and we would do a ribeye steak and we would turn it in 
And one of the things that I do is I season similarly. Like I, we use soy sauce as like a marinade and that gives it that umami kind of flavor that makes it taste beefier, if that makes sense. Or, or adding coffee to chili when you're making a chili recipe. Add a little, like a couple tablespoons of coffee into your recipe. It'll make it beefier. So by taking the vegetables and actually marinating them in soy sauce, wish desire sauce, and like a little vinegar, you can actually create that beefy flavor kind of texture. And it's funny because I, I, I hand out carrot dogs to everybody and it's one of the funniest recipes but you you steam carrots you cut them the bun length you steam them you bring them out and steam for 15 20 minutes you bring them out and you put them in it i have the recipe on my website but the, it's vinegar liquid uh, just a touch of liquid smoke and which is controversial and teriyaki and you just put it in there like that and it does it's it does this marinade so you leave it in there for four hours maybe a day and you bring it out and you just throw it in a skillet you fry it up put it on a bun put some sauerkraut mustard whatever you want put on it and it tastes like a dang hot dog and it's and it's funny because i have pictures like i can send you pictures of what it looks like but my son walked through the kitchen the other day and he's i thought you didn't eat hot dogs i'm like you got to try this. this is a carrot dog and he's that's crazy but they're simple i love it my ki- my children my girls are seven and nine and i always kid with people like right around the period of 12 years ago, right before they were born, I started doing my own journey in health. And so I I kid and I say they're my organo baby experiments because now, now I'm going to, I'm going to go do this recipe with them and see, cause they're the best, they're the best litmus test you can have on these kind of things. Oh, like we do cauliflower, like crust pizza. Mm -hmm. We'll do these like shifts in in moving something from here to here. So I love that one. We'll send people to your website to get that recipe because, you know, you can people and see what they say. It's like the, remember when we were kids, it was like the Coke and Pepsi, like taste test challenge. Well, we can do this with food. Hey, it's not that much different and it actually tastes good. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like we'll do a mushroom bean meatloaf. The recipe's on the website. And we'll do that. And then we'll compare it with a beef meatloaf. And they all have the same, except for the beef and the mushrooms, they have the exact same. You got a little bit of onion, you got some Italian spice, breadcrumbs, whatever. It's got similar ingredients in it. And it like the most of the time somebody will the most of the time when I do these classes, people will eat the vegetarian part first. And because the meatloaf, like grandma's meatloaf is heavy, it's got a lot of saturated fat in it. It's usually got a lot of salt and pepper in it. Um, So it gives you that film on your mouth, like that beef, like greasy kind of thing where like the mushroom is lighter, the beans, and you're getting a decent amount of protein. Protein on a regular meatloaf is like 21 grams. But again, we're being overfed. So we're getting too much protein in our diets a lot of times anyway. We can go over the levels of sodium and all that. But that was one of the things a lot of people just get over we get overfed. So by eating plant-based proteins versus animal proteins, it's what your body can process better. And when you're eating a lot of meat and like keto diets, I did keto for years. I lost a lot of weight, but my numbers like cholesterol and all that stuff really didn't do didn't, like triglycerides were still up off the page. Yeah. So that didn't really help me. And so when I converted over to a more plant strong, plant based diet that was able to, like I said, improve my insulin resistance so I can eat stuff now. And I'm not eating like I used to. I'm not going out. I got one of the things we did. And this is, is was important was we got rid of the carb corner. 
We had a carb closet, actually, that we had all the, the Fritos, the Doritos, the bread, the rice, all the carbs that we had were all up in the cabinet. And so we actually took out, because one of the things when you change over, that is self-control. So it's hard to control yourself when you're, it's 10 o'clock at night and you're just hungry. But if you have that Snickers bar in the cabinet, who's going to know? If you don't have it in your house, it helps with your self-control. I tell people this all the time. The first thing we do when they they sign up for our 10-week metabolic reset, which we call mind-body reset, because I don't treat the body without treating the mind because we talked Mm -hmm. about the emotional center. So the first thing we teach is clean out the pantry, right? First -hmm. thing you do, if you want to stop eating gluten, get it out of your house. If you want to stop eating carbs, get it out of your house. If you want to stop eating, drinking alcohol, don't buy it because one step, right? If you got to put on your shoes, drive to the grocery store, go get the thing. By the time you get there, the craving's gone anyway. So the fact that it's a great point, and I hope the listeners understand this for sure, is lifestyle medicine is micro doses that Mm -hmm. get to the end result. That's just one step. So I love it. The carb corner, the carb closet, right? We all have them, right? And so if we're going to move forward, I told my kids that. I'm like, we're going to stop snacking and do a 30-day challenge. And I'm just going to put whole foods in the fridge and in the cupboard. And that means you can eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That was great. Great point. And we do a lot of like hummus, like because of the beans and like we'll get celery and peppers and do hummus with pureed beans and you can make cheese sauces out of pureed beans and it's all in the spices that you put together and it tastes like cheese and it's really interesting. There's a lot of fermentation cheeses that you can make too, which is really interesting and there's lots of information on the internet. I tried to do, we tried to go vegan about 10 years ago to try to lose some weight and stuff like that. And I did it for, we did it for about six weeks and I was, i I wasn't ready. I I think you have to be ready to do it. But the food just wasn't quite there seasonally for me because I wasn't as advanced as a cook or a chef as I am now. I know a lot more than I did 10 years ago. So for me, it just wasn't spiced right. There was a lot of raw vegetables, which I don't like. I like roasted vegetables now, but I'll do roasted vegetables and then I'll put a romesco sauce on it, which is just some roasted nuts with some tomato paste and a little red wine vinegar. And you just put that in your little bullet and you you puree it up and then you put that over your roasted vegetables. And it's like eating at a restaurant. It doesn't take a lot of salt, but you can microwave or steam a head of cauliflower for nine minutes. Actually, you can microwave it for about six and it'll be cooked. And then put whatever kind of mustard on it. Put If you have a homemade barbecue sauce, one of the things we talked about too is ketchup because like sugar is in everything. So mm-hmm. every time there's four grams of ketchup, every time you squirt ketchup on your plate, that's four grams of sugar. Now, no, you're not doing it just once. You're eating whatever. You're going to put two, three. It's like a food group in my house. <laughs> Ketchup's so like one of the food groups. important to know. I, you, you touched on two. I love because my brain goes, yep, yep. So spices are, they're like, it's homeopathy for food, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's these micro doses of massive amounts of nutrient dense things. So spices aren't just great for flavor. They're great for the phytonutrient density of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So getting really good, clean spices. We use a savory spice shop here. They have mm-hmm. just a bulk order. Like you go in there, you get a bulk thing, and then you put it in your jar and it's amazing. So yes, we have to talk spices 
yeah. and how we make them t- palatable because I think that's a big part of the, the we got to remove the barriers for people, right? Hey, I understand the way we should go more plant-based, but I don't eat vegetables or I don't know right. how to cook. And then the second part we'll talk about too is reading labels because I think right. it's super important. Like I, I, the way I teach it, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Yeah. And two, there is sugar in everything. So mm-hmm. our, our metabolic reset program specifies what are the things you can cook for. I love rice. Rice vinegar is like one of our staples. Mm-hmm. Do organic rice vinegar on like our cucumbers and tomatoes. And it's like a salad dressing without the oil. You get that. Like you said, you get the salty salinity without the salt. You get the umami, earthy flavors of meat with things like the mushrooms and the soys and the fermented foods and things like that. Tell us a little bit about how you cook, but in the standpoint of not cooking all the way down the road, but we got spices and we've got things that we can do to change palate around now to make these things more enjoyable for us. Because we still want to, I always challenge everyone is you can cook healthy and it can taste amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, about what you do and how you do it. Yeah. Basically you're seasoning it the exact same way you're using. Like we made breakfast sausage out of cauliflower. We've used TVP, which is texturized vegetable protein. It's a soy product. Both are low in calories. They're low in, they're high in fiber, high in nutrients. But we would take that and you would add sage, paprika, onion powder, the same thing you would add to a regular sausage patty. If you were making pork sausage, it's the exact same ingredients. But when you put it in a pan and you fry it up and you put the cauliflower, flour, your quinoa or whatever in there, it's, huh, it tastes almost like it's identical. It's not, I'm not trying to fool anybody, but it tastes identical. Rosemary, that's been used for centuries. Sage, been used for centuries for depression, for just, if you feel, if you're feeling lost and you just don't feel like you have a friend, go to the grocery store and buy some rosemary, bring it home, put it in your fingers and rub it around a little bit and smell it. You will feel so much better. It just, that I don't know how to explain it, but just that whole thing of, of that. It's the terpenes and things that are in the essential oils that make make the plants non-desirable for animals to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's their protective mechanisms. Those micro doses, why the bitterness and the things that are in those things that are good for things are, that's those essential spaces. That's why essential oils are so important because they extract it all into it. So right. Another good point is food. the food is medicine is these herbs have been used for centuries for healing. Mm-hmm. And you, like curcumin is amazing for mm-hmm. health, longevity. And we talk about all the different functional mushrooms. We've got, and that's a whole nother podcast. But let's talk a little bit about people that aren't chefs, right? How, what, what are the things we can do to move ourselves towards healthy, delicious foods Let's take them in buckets. Like people that don't cook, where would I start? Because I always think you got to learn. You got to mm-hmm. learn eventually. You can't just go out to eat forever. You can't right. do these. Things. And that's bad for you. And there's, there is companies now that are trying to solve that problem, right? But let's talk about the journey from I don't think I cook, I don't eat vegetables to how do I become plant-based and make them delicious in low periods of time. Because then right. time's a factor here. Nobody like, Nobody has time anymore. Right. So, Talk to us about meal prep. Talk to us about what what we can do to learn these skills. 
And and that's one of the things, maybe just take a side dish, go out to Forks Over Knives or one of the websites and just try a recipe, try to do something. It's not very complicated, most of them, and they're not any different. Like you don't have to be a, a chef or gone to culinary school, but just start with basic things, but just integrate them into your system every, every week. Try to do a new recipe and then write down the recipe. And if you like it, do it again. If your kids like it, do it again. And it's just in small steps. Like when in my practice, I like to meet people where they are because like you said, not everybody's ready to give up soda. Not everybody's ready to jump on the, the vegetarian train, but just to be able to do small steps. And the funny part is, is if you do say give up dairy for a week and all of a sudden your allergies are gone, you're, you don't have any, your head's not clogged up anymore. What's that telling you? That's what I found out. I had no idea. I love ice cream and I love milk, but I found out that I'm not really lactose intolerant. Like it doesn't mess with me like my stomach, but it messes with my head and my head clogs up every time I drink a glass of milk. So, but just like baby says, try something like give up sodas for a week and see if you don't feel better. Give up diet soda because that's linked to brain fog, memory, memory issues. And and I messed with my wife and she was so funny. She, she came in the room and she went, why did I come in here? And I said, I don't know. She's like, all right. I said, she walked back out the room and she came back in and she goes, I don't remember why I came in here. I said, how was that Diet Coke at lunch today? And she's, I said, Give, just do me a favor. Stop drinking Diet Coke for a week. So she came back in and she goes, here, you're going to, here's your phone. You're going to want to record this. You were right. <laughs> So, but put it was, down the wall and plaster it. Yes, I get it. I got, I got it on a loop in the house, but but it's true. It's there's little things that you can do, and you don't have to. Like I said, you don't have to jump on the vegan wagon or anything, which has a bad kind of. I was trying to think Dr. Eppelstein Esselstyn was saying at one of the conferences I went to, he's vegan is such a bad word that you want to be able to just use plant strong. And when you go to an event, don't tell anybody it's vegetarian, just set it down and let them eat it. But basically, like I said, just back to where, where you're starting out, just try something and yeah. never cook on high heat, always cook on medium to medium low heat. So you don't have to rush around or if something's not going to burn that way. But one of the things too, that like I learned in school was to do dry saute, which is where you deglaze the pan, which is where you take all the little bits of chunks of good stuff that sticks to the pan when you're frying onions or potatoes or whatever. And you put a little vegetable broth or put a little wine in that, and that'll release those things from the pan and it adds flavor to your dish. Like when you're doing old school gravy, you're taking and you're browning your meat up in there and you take the meat out, you add your flour, do your roux with a little flour and oil, and then that picks up all the flavors that are in the bottom of that pan. And that's where you get your beef flavor, your turkey gravy for Thanksgiving or whatever. So what I've been actually been able to do is actually, instead of making the roux with flour, is we actually use, we can use cashews or you can use beans and you just chop them up real fine and you add them in there and it will absorb the liquid and create a gravy or Alfredo sauce. Like I can do a non-dairy Alfredo sauce with almond milk and you do a nutmeg, a bay leaf, an onion, and you just get that flavor going. And then you add your Parmesan cheese, but don't use the stuff out of the can, the green can, because that actually contains cellulose, which is wood pulp. So unless you, which I guess is vegetable, I guess it's a tree. I guess that, I guess that counts. You want to use 
a real hard Parmesan cheese that's aged and it's a real Parmesan, not the stuff that comes in the can that looks like drafting we used to use for erasers in drafting class. So being able to switch that around too, there's more nutrients in that kind of cheese versus the stuff that comes out of the can. And like yeah. you said, if you can't pronounce it, which there's a bunch of ingredients, and I was always told too, if there's more than five or six ingredients, don't eat it. Like it's, it's way too many. And, and sugar has 50, oh, I think it's over 50 names that you can put on a label that is sugar that it disguises it a little bit. So you don't really know, but like reading the labels, like you said, is very important. Take a look at it, see how much salt is in it, even converting from table salt, which you need the iodine for, but maybe going to a kosher salt or sea salt because it's a, it's a bigger chunk. So it actually has less sodium, if that makes less sodium absorption, I guess you just say but it still has the flavor. And that's, I think like different salts and stuff have different flavors, but. Yeah, we, we, I think it, you're right. Like the, the baby steps, the micro steps build, right? You mm-hmm. don't have to go all in, go to the spice shop, find a couple things. They usually have a couple recipes. Don't buy the crap, right? That's what we're talking about. It doesn't take, it takes 30 seconds to buy a, we use a little bit of hard cheese in our family. We don't do dairy. We don't do milk like a lot of that because mm-hmm. touched on it. People don't realize it's not just lactose intolerance. We're just, we're a mammal that drinks another mammal's liquid. Right. And it's not, it's close, but not right. So it's, it's when I do food sensitivity testing on people, dairy's popping all the time because oh, it's yeah. inflammatory and glutens can be bad for most people, even if they're not celiac. So we got to talk about, you talked about it like a little bit, like a little bit of an inf- like elimination. If you got rid of dairy, gluten, sugar, and gluten is flour, like all the carby flour, like the whites. So we- sugars, whites, and mm-hmm. and some of the, and seed oils. And if you give, get rid of the top inflammatory things, and then you, I always say, give it four to six weeks, because that's about how long it takes biochemistry to take over, and and literally just see how you feel. Mm-hmm. which is also a component of mindful eating. Mm-hmm. We have to be mindful of when I'm eating and how I eat, how I feel afterwards. It's not just the sugar spike. It's all those other things, right? Yeah. You talked about it. I, I eat, I have the dairy queen and my nose gets stuffy or I drink yeah. a beer and it's got gluten containing grains in it, which you can actually brew out. One of my friends and I, he owns a brewery in Charlotte. He's a master Cicerone, so he's like the highest level brewer. We we, awesome. we brewed a gluten-reduced pale ale. We say reduced because it comes from a gluten-containing grain, but mm-hmm. you can eat out all the gluten to make it right down to the standard of celiac. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. You just be creative mm-hmm. making the Romesco sauce and the Alfredo without those ingredients. Mm-hmm. So you're making it a challenge. I love doing this with the kids too. It's like mm-hmm. something. Go to the grocery store and pick a vegetable you never heard of and then figure out what to do with it. Yeah. 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 We and did that the other day. We took my wife loves horseradish and we were doing like we were doing a horseradish like cocktail sauce with trying to like make your own ketchup without the sugar. Like these are things you can do. Yeah. We all have these things, right? There's so much stuff to search from now. I'm using AI for recipes. So yeah, I think it's great from that perspective. Do you, what do you do? Do you teach folks how to do this? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, one of my services is I'll actually go grocery shopping with you. But we can do it virtually too over Zoom. I can do cooking classes. We do all kinds of stuff with people, just consultations. Let me, I have a form on my website that you can fill out. What do I eat? What do I like to eat? And I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. It's a no judging zone. I was at the top of the list. Like I got, I'm here to help. But just what are you eating and, and taking and, and tracking your food? Like you said, every BLT, every bite, lick and taste. And now D, which a friend of mine suggested, which is your drink. So like drinking like diet sodas versus regular sodas, it's like the the microbiome in your gut gets killed by those artificial sweeteners. So you're not digesting problem and your gut is really what's running everything. So if you screw that up and you don't realize how much sugar is in there. So I was a Boy Scout leader for years. And this one time I had a bunch of older Scoutmasters who were with me and they hated that the kids had their phones out all the time. They got their phones out. They got their phones out. I'm like, well, let's take advantage of it. So I had each one of my Scouts bring in a whatever they drink, Mountain Dew, some kind of bread Bull, whatever. I said, bring it in, guys. Let's let's have some fun. Bring it in. So they brought them in. I was like, all right, I want you guys to pick three ingredients on the back of that can that you cannot understand what it is. And look it up and see what it is. And I think it's Mountain Dew that has benzene in it, which is used to make antifreeze green. Now, I have to research that a little bit, but I, and and it was funny because these kids are all. This was years ago, so these kids are all adults now, and they're like, I still don't drink that anymore. I don't, I don't drink this. Thank you for that. And it was just a quick lesson, but be aware. And one of the things too is as you're eating, enjoy your food. That first three or four bites, don't inhale it. Nobody's going to take it from you. Just enjoy it. Set the table. Take the time to light a candle. Like I have these people all the time. We need a date night. It's like, do you live alone? And they're like, yeah, we, we don't have any kids. I'm like, set, set the table, put some wine glasses out. And if you don't drink wine, just put sparkling water in it or whatever. But put a tablecloth down, get the silverware it's supposed to be, get a candle, put some nice music on. I'm one of those jokey kids. Like when I'm cooking Italian, I got some kind of opera playing. If I'm cooking Mexican, I got the Mexican radio. It's a, I can't remember what it is on Sirius, but it's like Mexican cantina, Mexicali cantina radio station on Sirius. But get in the mood, enjoy it. Life is short. And it's the little things like that, that when you're sitting down at dinner time, take care of yourself. And that's, that's one of the things. And it's, like you said, it's just a mindset. You're, you're healing your body. Take these damn things and turn them off, move them away. Don't have them at the dinner table because when you're getting pulled back into work like that, it's, you're not relaxing. If you've got your phone on, you just can't. Well, let, let you, you, you opened up the wormhole that I love my friend, because we didn't touch about how connective we do when we sit around a table and eat as a community or eat as a family. Like we have a rule in our family. We will always eat dinner at the table. We will always Mm -hmm. eat dinner as a family. It not only brings tradition and breaks the social bonds of of what we're doing, but when we talk about blue zones Mm -hmm. and where people live to more than a hundred more often than a not, one of them is always connectivity with community. We we Mm -hmm. have to stress that. So, and then like, I love the date night philosophy, right? You don't have to go out if to have that space, you're cooking with the music, you're bringing your family in, you're talking, you have this energy. Think of the difference between that and just shoveling your food. We actually should be chewing 30 times before we swallow because we, the the digestion starts in the mouth. It doesn't start Mm -hmm. in the gut. We didn't even go through the gut thing, but the, the, the tenant of functional <laughs> medicine is when in doubt, treat the gut. 
Yeah. You're right. So we did diet sodas make you fatter guys. Okay. There's something called an obesogen that's contained within the, the diet sodas and you touched on it, but in a, and I'll, I'll look at it in the science way here. When you drink diet soda, it changes your microbiome and the microbiome is in charge of 70 to more percent of your immune system and your neurotransmitter balance, among other things of digestion and assimilation and nutrient absorption. But mm -hmm. those chemical changes cause the environment to release things that cause a dysfunction in the body to make you more fat. It's mm -hmm. kind of a paradoxical thing. So I want people to understand. I love what you did with the Boy Scout stuff. I was a Boy Scout too. Is yeah. What you need to do is we I, I did a post on, on environmental well-being today on Facebook, and we're talking about glyphosate and Roundup and how bad it is. Just because it's in food and it's allowed and it's got a tolerance, then the government or somebody says it can be made does not mean it's okay. Right. So we want to make sure if you don't know, empower yourself to educate yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Use these things with authority, not for right. social media. I call it the use, your, use your powers for good, as we say. <laughs> you can look yeah. it up and go, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a reason that Mountain Dew isn't, isn't green in Europe. They do not allow those chemicals to happen. It's like a different... No. We don't have the dyes and all the crap in the foods outside. I have customers all the time, clients. I went to Europe, I ate the bread, and I didn't feel bad. It's because mm -hmm. it's different. And then I came back and got sick. And then I came back and I was like, whoa. I was talking so to a guy yesterday. We have to be more careful. <laughs> when we talk about the crap in our foods and the process, we talk about process means chemicals. Process mm -hmm. There's a reason the McDonald's French fry never expires. Right. Caught in the seat of your car for 10 years and it never has a lick of mold on it. Nope. So what we put in our body is what we get out of our body. And the, the, the important piece here, I don't know where I was going with that, but process means chemical. We're exposed to as many chemicals in one month whether we put it on our skin, we breathe it in, we do our lawn care, and most of the stuff we breathe and eat, we're exposed to as many chemicals in one month that our grandparents were exposed to in one lifetime. Right. Yeah. We cannot, when we don't detox any different, our, our genes are pretty much the same two generations right. ago. So and I think that's... We have to do our own due diligence in this day. People look it up. Go to EWG, Environmental Working Group, go wherever you want to go, but look up the amount of chemicals that are being produced in the world, and you see this curve like this. It's amazing. Yeah. So we it's not it's not like we're talking the cabal is out to get us or any of these things, but if we if if we don't empower ourselves to take this time in our time right now, whether it's digital detox or environmental detox, chemical detox, we really need to know what we're putting in our bodies. Mm-hmm and be judicious with it because you have to be your own advocate. We can't have other people and trust everything that's going to happen is okay. Right. And just and follow so, along because what happens when that happens, right? It's yeah. never because you're, you're, it's, you got You can't follow the herd blindly here. It's, Oh, mm -hmm. it's great. Yeah. It tastes good. That's funny. I, I, for, for some reason, this popped in my head when they, 
everything I do is usually researched quite a bit. And I love backed by science. And when, when these, these food companies, like the big food companies, they, they generally don't want to make you healthy. They just want you to buy more food. Right. It's a job. So it's a profit driven center. It's same yeah. with pharma. I, I think medications are necessary for some people, exactly. but, but 50% of the drug costs go to marketing and advertising. Right. We're one of two countries in the world that can still advertise pharma. The other one is highly regulated. Okay. Yeah. So what, what I'm getting at is there's no, there's no shortage of people trying to make money in these things before it's for our own good. So we have to be our own advocates and the other beautiful piece is we have so much information ahead of us right now. I don't know where it's going. Oh, the thing was when they, there, there are PhDs in these companies that their sole position in, in life in these companies is to see where can we get, it's called the bliss zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. The bliss zone of Dr. Pepper. So what formula do we need to make Dr. Pepper so we want people to get to the space where they have and want to drink more and more and more? They get to it. They went through, I think, 40 different renditions with PhDs in biochemistry to figure out where the bliss. Guys, look it up. Bliss zone. Right? Oh, yeah. And so we're, the cards are stacked a little against us from the health and well-being perspective, which is why we need advocates like you teaching people how to do this stuff where yeah. they can do it. And if we said anything today, it's like the proof is in the pudding. Just try it. Just do it yeah. yourself and see how yeah. you feel. Yeah. And I want to breathe back on some of the stuff you said, too, like with the artificial sweeteners, because your body craves sugar. And we have way too much of it around us, but it also creates cravings because when your body doesn't get that sugar at once because it's artificial, it goes looking for it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the cravings come. That's where the obesity comes from. And that's where your cravings, like I had over the holidays, we had a, we had a cookie party we hosted where we had all these like millions of cookies everywhere. And like Monday came around and everybody went to work and I'm like, I'm work from home. So I'm like, hey guys, you got to take these with you because they're talking to me. Like I'll eat them all because they're, and I have self-control and I, I waited till about five o'clock, but I did eat a bunch of them. Well, um, well so here it, your brain makes glucose or your brain craves glucose. That's its energy, right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. make it. So yeah. it's the one of, it's the second most energy producing organ in our body created from the heart. So that's the first, but it doesn't make glucose. So we crave it. So we have these taste buds. Sugar is more addictive than heroin. Oh yeah. So we know that. And so people like we're not shaming anyone. That's the point. It's human condition. We crave right. it so much. It's hard. And, but what you said earlier, remember, like when I stopped taking it, there's this, there's this place, it's just like quitting any bad habit, right? Your Mm -hmm. body's gonna, your story, your body's gonna crave it because it's had it. So it wants it. It's gonna tip the body is the mind at this point. It's gonna tell you, hey, that cookie's not so bad over here. It's only Mm -hmm. one. Tomorrow's okay. Not today. I'll I'll go to the gym. I'll have that. So it's not your fault, but what we need to do is be stronger in will into that belief that in the long run, if I do these micro habits, it's not so bad, but let's not shame ourselves when we feel so strongly attached to it because everybody has that. It's not our fault. Right. right? If you want to go to, I think it's NIH journal, medical journal online and research cocaine sugar study in rats. 
and they actually found that they had the bottles the the rats were eating the the sucralose coming through the tube and they were they were eating the or no actually they started with the cocaine and the, the rats got addicted to the cocaine then they put the sugar in there and they had the sugar in there and they were they actually pulled the, they went up, like 99% of the rats went to the sugar over the cocaine even though they were already addicted to the cocaine then they put electricity on the bottle and they were still going for the sugar over Didn't the cocaine it was so, just like Cocaine and sugar. So we, yeah. We're talking dopamine, right? Your brain loves dopamine. It's the pleasure-seeking space, right? So we talk that because they both hit that center, but look how more potent mm-hmm. the, the simple thing called sugar is and how much you know, we're hunter-gatherers. This is why plant base is important here is like the hunter-gatherer, they didn't have – they didn't have sugar in their veins in a quick space, but the the industry figured out high fructose corn syrup feels good and everybody wants it. So let's yeah. make it's, it's it's a I can just see like the pusher man, right? It's just like the the cartoon of the sugar. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's and it's cheaper, so that's why we use it. But it's also a thousand times sweeter than regular table sugar. So that's why it's so addictive. And all the sucrose and artificial sweeteners that we have out there, saccharin, lead to cancer. I have a whole list of them. I think it's in my slide presentation on different sugars and stuff and, and the links, like the, the different metabolic problems that they give us. And like I said, it's in everything. So you really got to look. And then if you go and look at that 50 calendar things, but also too, like your best sugars are real maple syrup, not Anchamama or one of the ones that have the high fructose corn syrup, honey, honey's great. probably one of your best. And those like, those two are your main, like if you want to sweeten your tea or sweeten your coffee, try maple syrup or a little, or honey. I know it sounds funky, but that's definitely a better option. Stevia comes from a plant. It is highly processed, but it's probably one of the healthier kind of like artificial sweeteners, I guess. It's a natural sweetener because it comes from a plant. You can actually grow stevia in your house and then just sprinkle it in your coffee in the morning too, and it's not that bad. But your dogs, you're talking about your dogs and the Roundup. How many dogs have you had that died of cancer? That was me. I've had dozens of dogs over my lifetime. And I can only say that I've, I've probably had 12, 10 or 12 dogs in my lifetime. And I probably only had three of them die of natural causes. Because they're sniffing fence lines where people have sprayed Roundup or sprayed chemicals well, to kill the weeds. And, yeah, and we're, we're dog lovers and rescuers in our home. And yeah. so, one, you can test Roundup. I do it in my patients for 99 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's in everybody, even if you're organic, because that's where non-GMO comes from. I don't think people realize that. Yeah. Genetically modified ingredients. And I love the Environmental Working Group. It's great. They've linked cancer to Monsanto and, and Roundup and glyphosate, right. all the same. So glyphosate's in everything. If it's non-GMO, they can't – see, non-GMO means it's non-genetically modified. But genetically modified or ingredients are designed to, to take on more Roundup. That's exactly why they're modified. So they can put more weed killer on it because it's – or it pesticides – so the bugs don't get it, so they can grow it faster. So non-GMO isn't just we're, we're, we're screwing with the genetics of the thing so it's bad for us. It's no, so it can take on more yeah. like General Mills cereals. They're least with organic or with, with yeah. the, the wrong like glyphosate. So that's yeah. the point. The dog, is his face is in the ground the entire time you're walking him and in the yard. So he's, he's shoving all that stuff into mm-hmm. him. 
So yeah. that's a and great point. So, yeah. so if you cook a, a yeah. thing of pasta, you have a big pot of pasta, you all that hot water, go pour it on your fence line. It'll kill all your weeds. <laughs> Boiling water works just great for killing because it cooks them and they'll die and just go. And you got a pot of tea and you put a tea on it and you only use one cup of the water out of there. Go take the rest of the hot water and go pour it on your deck and kill any weeds that are out there. Yeah, there's, there's, totally like, there's, there's safe alternatives for all this stuff, guys, yeah. right? Yes. Well, how do, people, how do people get a hold of you? How do people follow you? Let them know. Let them know how they can get a hold of Chef Dave if they have any questions. No, absolutely. So another funny thing about sugar in kids, sugar is ADHD. In adults, it's called diabetes. And on Wall Street, it's called a trillion dollar business. See, I'm Chef Dave. I'm actually on Chef for Health. It's the number four. And then I'm at, at on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I have my cell phone number out there. You guys can text me or call me. But I have a form out there where I have a, you can come in and just, we'll do a consult. We'll get an email. That's how you could go out to my website, go to the services, or there's buttons all over the place that you can email me and I'll get in touch and we'll do some consultation. If we need to do some some stuff over over Zoom or whatever, I'm totally open to that. It's it's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of fun. And I like I said, I'm not, I would never judge anybody. I think everybody, anybody that's trying to make a difference is great. That's that's huge. It's like going to the gym. You, everybody who's in that gym is trying to make a difference. No matter what level of fitness they're at, you're in here for a good reason. So I've always been like, as a gym rat back in the day, I was always like positive and trying to help people out. I'm glad to see you out here. A lot of times too, like I've been doing my, I have a four week seminar too that I have. It's a series on the standard American diet, tracking your food, setting the table and it goes over that stuff but it goes over in more detail so that's going to be online here soon but you can get on the we'll get the ball rolling come email me click on one of the buttons book chef dave or talk to me go to the services page and see what we have available and we'll we'll have those links available as well so follow on instagram facebook chef for the number four health.com he does these consultations for you i'm on his website right now he's got lots of fun services so all the way from meal prep to cooking to understanding your food in different ways and his story. Yep. Chef Dave, this was amazing. We got to get together again. This was I fun. Love, I love talking food is medicine. We will definitely uh, dive into some of those rabbit holes because I think we're on the same page for sure. As we're both yep. in this to, I always say, put a dent in the universe because we really got to gotta shift the paradigm. America is sick very mm-hmm. sick and it's, it's centered around this one of these conditions is around the food we eat and put in our body so chef dave i appreciate you yeah josh this thank you this was awesome and we'll we'll catch you guys on the other side stay well thanks for listening to the beyond the pills podcast you can find josh on linkedin and facebook at josh rimini and on tiktok at beyond the pills and if you enjoyed today's episode we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.